Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Stand up with me, if you would, please, and welcome all of you watching online. It's always a pleasure to know you're out there in cyberspace enjoying this with us. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Began a series last Sunday on thankfulness, titled Thankful 30. If you did not receive one of the post-it note pads with that on there, we have some available at the welcome kiosk. The idea is to get up every day and and, uh, write something on there thankful that you're thankful for. I've been doing that all week, and and, uh, I put them on the, the uh, mirror in, in the, the restroom there, and today one of the ones that I was thankful for fell off, and I was hoping it was not a sign of bad things to come. And so I thought that was kind of weird that only one didn't stick. I'm not going to tell you which one it is either. I say, well, you know, I, I'm just thankful it didn't stick for some reason. All right. Turn your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Recap of last week, free to give thanks Uh, I talked about the three natures of man and the challenge that we have uh, with those three natures. And oftentimes in in our culture, we we reduce most everything we can down to a minimum so that we don't have so much to think about or so much to care for. In other words, in the Greek language, you have various uh, words for love. You have phileo, eros, agape. Uh, And those are very specific. If you were to read the Bible in the original language, you would at times uh, hear a reference to uh, the phileo kind of love, which is a friendship love. It wasn't a God love. It was just a friendship love. Then there was the romantic type eros love, and then the agape love was a God love. And so in the Greek language, they separated that out. So if you were to come up to someone and say, I really love you, there would be no misunderstanding as there is in America. Seems to be all kinds of misunderstandings. And uh, one of the ways to clarify those misunderstandings is to use the right words. And it's important for us to understand that our flesh or our human nature, if you will, is not always a sinful nature. It's a human nature that is influenced by sin. In other words, your body is a vehicle to your destiny. God uses our physical being, but inside that physical being is all kinds of influence from a sin nature, human nature, and uh, then there's the God nature that comes as a result of a choice we make to believe in Him. Uh, You cannot apprehend your sin nature. It's impossible to apprehend or control. So you say, how do I address that nature? You address it by surrendering it to God. Oftentimes we fight the very things that God has asked us 
to give up. We fight to do better. We fight to be better. We fight to be thankful. We fight to be kind. And, and you can fight all you want, and that's a good thing. It's better than not trying. But the reality is, until we address our sin nature, the flesh will have a heyday in this world. In other words, the flesh will constantly try to do its own thing, its own way, uh, self-preserve, uh, self-interest, and all of the selfishness that comes with that nature that we were born with. So the very first thing I addressed last week was, if we're going to be thankful, the very best way to be thankful is to address the sin nature. Uh, and, and this is my theology on this, and it would be debatable, I'm sure, among different theologians, but there is the original sin and there is behavioral sin. Original sin is something that we are born with and that we must surrender to God. Behavioral sin is something that we have to address daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, Paul said, I'm, I crucify the flesh. I die every day. That's what I'm talking about. A moment in our lives where we are acknowledging to God that we're separated from Him because of that original sin. When we surrender that to Him, we now are adopted, if you will, into the family of God, and our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Some actually believe that they're already written there when you're born and that they're erased when you die. If you don't accept Him, nobody will ever know. But the reality is that we must address that original sin. And once we do that, we have an opportunity then to have better control of the flesh. And that's how come the fruit of the Holy Spirit says one of the fruit is self-control. That self-control is strengthened by the power of God's Spirit. And so a lot of people, because of sin nature, uh, they don't know about it. They've not been taught about it. They don't even know there is a God. They don't know that Jesus died for them. Um, they don't know how to be thankful oftentimes. Now, there are people who have trained behavior, and oftentimes in the kingdom of God, rather than heart transformation, the Bible tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The reality is oftentimes we're not truly transformed. We simply modify our behavior. Once a life is surrendered to God and that, that sin nature is surrendered to God, then the hope from that point forward is that we have been transformed, our minds have been renewed, and now being grateful is not nearly as difficult. Uh, but if all we try to do, and some of us were raised in the old days when they still used belts and other objects, <laughs> whatever they get their hands on, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how many spoons my booty's responsible for, but anyway... Uh, you know, my mother, bless her heart, you know, we got big enough to where we would laugh and then that was wrong because she said, now we're going to wait till your dad gets home and that was no longer a laughing matter. But there's, there's nothing wrong with, with training and learning and acknowledging and all of those things in your head. But our brain is not enough to overcome the attacks of the enemy. And so we, as parents, do our very best to modify the behavior of our children, but the reality is if we can just get them to have to tolerate a lot of the conflicts that we have internally once we surrender that God, uh, that sin nature to God. The human nature is simply this. It's, it's a nature that, that desires its own way. It's the flesh. When you're hungry, you eat. 
and eat and eat. Do you see where I'm going with this? We have so many addictions in our world today simply because we've not addressed the issues in our lives. And as a result of that, we do all we can to satisfy the flesh or our human nature. Now, oftentimes, we treat people according to their behavior without understanding most people don't want to misbehave. Most people don't like to get in trouble. Most people want to do good. I believe that. The challenge is that we've not really addressed, I think, some of the issues that help us become better. And when they are addressed, pride comes in and doesn't receive the counsel or uh, the knowledge that we've been given. So becoming grateful, I, I, could, I could say 30 days, I want you to write something down, and, and you would, and it might become a part of your life. But it may not change how you feel. It, it may not really do anything for you. And after 30 days, you go, well, it's 30 days. And some of you will continue. You've decided it is a good And it was a heart transformation. Some of you will continue because of modification. And you've decided it is a good thing to be thankful. But the reality is, I want us to experience a God nature, which in everything that we see, everything in life that we experience, we go, God, there must have been a reason. And I'm thankful. There must, I don't know the reason. You may never tell me the reason. I may never know why. But what I care about is knowing how to deal with this situation. And when we address our human nature and our sin nature, it opens the door for us to trust God to handle whatever it is that's going on. But when we try so hard, and if you're an A-type personality, you're cringing right now. Because that's what I am. I'm a fixer. A-type people are always fixing things. So I can fix it. I can fix it. I can fix it. You cannot fix people. In fact, we really can't fix us. But we can surrender our lives to the one who created us and knows how to fix us. Now, in 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, in verse 14, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. Now, wrong for wrong could be born out of the sin nature, but the human nature also enjoys, I got you back. Am I the only one? Let me tell you, I, I, I've created all kinds of thoughts in my mind about how to get people back. It's, it's a gift or a curse. And I have to really, really, honestly, out loud, and Susan will sometimes Say, you know, it's just us talking. You don't have to say that. And I said, but I have to say that because I need to hear it. I need to hear what I'm not going to do that I could do. I need to remind myself that I don't belong to me. I've been bought with a price, and I belong to God. So I can't, I can't allow my human nature. See, I'm going to heaven even if I get you back. Now, religious people would say, no, you're not. Uh, you're going straight to hell. Well, then all of mankind is going to hell. Comforting to know, isn't it? The reality is when I surrendered my sin nature to God, I was born again. I'm written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and, and I get to go to heaven. Not because I'm good and not because I don't want to pay back wrong for wrong, because every now and then I want to. And, and I'm sure that sometimes I do, Maybe, but I don't want to. So the, the sin nature is, is this great desire to, to sin. When you get born again, your human nature still is influenced 
but it doesn't want to anymore, but it does. That's why Paul said in Romans 7, why is it I do the things I don't want to do and don't do the things I want to do? This has been going on forever and ever and ever. And a lot of people quit on God because they say, I just can't seem to live for Jesus. I still want to reach out and slap somebody. And you may live with that the rest of your life, but don't quit on God. Just come to church and don't slap anybody here. Wait till you get outside of here. I'm kidding. But the problem is that there are so many distractions, and what I'm sharing, taking time to share with you right now, these are distractions. And if we don't categorize those, like the Greek language, people think because they can't be good that they're not good and that they're not saved because they don't act saved. How many of you know there are going to be people in heaven that have never act saved a day in their life? Did I show up at War Acres Baptist? Dear Jesus. No, no you've got, you got to realize that there are many, many, many people have walked out of the church not because they didn't love God, not because they weren't born again, but because they never understood that their human nature still exists and it's influenced by the residue of behavioral sin as a result of original sin. It's like getting near a fire and, and you smell like smoke and, and you leave the campfire and you go in the house and nobody knew there was a campfire, but they could tell that you were near some kind of campfire because you smell like smoke. Pretty much all of life, you're going to smell a little bit like smoke. I mean, I know people that you would know that most of the world knows that I've been with that I can tell you they're just like you and me, that you would revere with everything in you. And I revere them. I would never want to say anything to dishonor some of the people that you think are absolutely in heaven because they were so good. I played golf with them, and golf will always reveal <laughs> true Christianity. There is no doubt, if you really want to know what someone is made of, Go golfing. You will hear things that you have never heard. They will use their foot wedge when they're not supposed to to move the ball from behind the tree when nobody's, look, where's my ball? Okay, oh, there it is. I played with some of those people. I've kept score, literally quit keeping score, watching keeping score for them. Going, you just lie like Rahab to heaven. And they're going to heaven. But in that moment, they have prohibited God from being involved on earth. It's like, I, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to lie. And so we have to realize, this is the challenge we have in the church is we're not. And then everything that we do, think, ask, or whatever is filtered through that one category. Let me tell you something. I am not worried about going to heaven. Never have been. In my stupidest, darkest hours, it wasn't about me going to heaven. It was about me being disconnected from heaven on earth. From experiencing a peace that passes understanding. And when you lie, you don't experience that. And so it, it's not like God quits loving us. God never quits. In my dark hour, people say, well, what were you feeling? I said, God was closer to me than I've ever felt him in my life. And let me tell you why. Because God is always in your corner. God never changes corners. He's always in your corner. It doesn't mean in your corner he's condoning. It means he's loving. 
And, and sometimes people confuse that. Well, if I love them, I'm condoning them. No, you're not. You're loving them. You can look at somebody, wrap your arms around them and say, you're so stupid, but I love you. Do you feel me? I, I mean, I'm just keeping it real because the, the problem in, in our culture is we just don't break. So I'm trying to break it down. So how can I always be thankful because it says, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. How in the world can I do that? Exactly what I'm telling you right now. Realizing that this is not all about one thing, about eternity. How can I be thankful? I, it, you know, when this is going on, and, and that's sin nature thinking, and, and that's human nature being influenced. When you get to God nature, it's like Jesus looking around. He's being crucified, nailed to a cross. And he could have changed the entire picture and scenario. And he thought, no, I just need to be thankful because as a result of this, millions and trillions of people are going to heaven from the beginning of time until the end of time, who receive him. So in the midst of his pain, Jesus saw beyond the cross. He saw beyond the pain. He saw beyond the moment. But in that moment, the sin, the sin of mankind, past, present, and future, filled his body. So if you can imagine your worst case scenario, and I thank God for all of our ex-convicts here. And they're here because we have a pastor named Jesse who went in behind the walls and loved on them. But I am thankful they're not living in their past. I, I, I'm, I'm thankful. You say, well, I'm not thankful because of all the things they did. You know what? They're not thankful for what they did either. But they're thankful that what Jesus did trumped what they did. And, and so we, we have to address those things in our lives to go, God, I'm just so thankful in every circumstance, whatever's going on, I know you work all things together for good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So one of the, one, one guy put it this way, God, I thank you for all the people who walked into my life and helped make it outstanding. God, I thank you for all the people who walked out of my life and made it fantastic. And I know that to, to the to the sin nature, even to the humor nature, this sounds ridiculous. You're looking and going, well, I wonder where he came up with that. I've lived this. And you can spend your whole life being, you can go, I, I can go over in my mind right now, a ton of people that I would just, in my flesh and my sin nature, would love to reach out and choke. See there, that bothers some of you. So a pastor said, yeah, yeah, I said that want to. Because you've wanted to do the same thing. But I didn't. Why? Because the God nature was bigger than the sin nature and overcame the human nature. And you dab a little Red Bull with that and you got a really great day. Now... And don't write me. I'm going to die sometime. And when I do, I'm going to die with Red Bull on my lips. And I'm not afraid of it either. I, 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 usually about once a month I get an email. You know what that will do to you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Makes me happy for at least a couple hours. And, and, I, and, and I, you know, I mean, come on, man. You, you, wherever you go eat lunch, there will be more preservatives in there than, than what that's going to do to you. I'm just trying to. 
get you organic all of a sudden. You know what I'm saying? You're going to go eat fried chicken. Say, Pastor, drinking Red Bull. I'm probably going to live longer than you then. I just look at somebody and say, you know, if that's what makes you happy, go ahead and die, sucker, die. Anyway, so that's what you can say to me if you want. Anyway. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything to hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. And so we have instructions uh, about what we're to do. And, and now you say, how can I do them? The only way to do them is not to fight against your sin nature. Most people fight against it. I hear people all the time say, man, I wish I... I wish I didn't do this. I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I didn't, you know. And they go down the wish list of all the things they hate about themselves. And what they're telling me is it really sounds admirable. It sounds like just a really great quality. But the reality is most people spend their whole life fighting sin that they can never win. Instead of surrendering to Jesus who's already won. Now, I know I may be oversimplifying that for some, but I was one of those people that thought I could never be in the church because I'm just never going to be good enough. I like adventure. They're in a moment. I, I just like having fun. And, and I realized in my life that that probably was not conducive to a bunch of really sad Christians. Because all the Christians I knew were sad. Because they wanted to do what I was doing. I didn't say I was sinning. I said they just wanted to do what I was doing. I like to laugh. I like to have a good time. And a lot of people don't. They just think laughing is, is sinful. Quite frankly, I think laughing is godly. Um, a cheerful heart is just really, Mary Hart's a great medicine. I take a bunch of it every day. Amazon delivers it every day to my door. They're taking over the world, you know. True. Okay, good. Thanksgiving is our entrance into God's presence. It says that uh, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Okay, so if you really want to have a moment with God, begin to thank him. It, it, don't begin to tell him all your issues, all of your problems. He knows them all, though you can tell him if you want. But the reality is, God, is I just thank you that as I come to you today, I don't come to you in my strength, my power, my might, my perfection. I come to you with humility and gratitude that you would give your only son for me. I want to thank you for that. My very first thing to be thankful for when we started Thankful 30 was grace because grace is the foundation of everything, including salvation. Without grace, there's no salvation. There's no sanctification. There's no redemption. There is no hope without grace. And if we really understand grace, that means anything in your life that, that happens that's really of any quality or good, there is really nothing... Uh, that you and I can do to make God love us more, give us uh, any more forgiveness, nothing. It's all grace. Now, once we experience that grace, we begin to appreciate that grace and the God who gave it when we really understand it. And, and when I say I'm, I'm going to heaven, I, there are a lot of people measure a season or a moment in your life. And some people live a long life without ever really serving God, but they believe in him and they put faith in him. They just have not experienced heaven on earth, but they might experience heaven. This is the challenge in religion. We have reduced everything down to one dimension, and that is going to heaven and what I do to make that happen. And what you do to make that happen. Not minimizing that we should not return evil for evil. And what we should be kind to all those things should happen. But, but they don't happen to get me to heaven. 
They happen so that heaven can fill my soul and that I can experience peace on earth and joy in my life because of what he is doing for me in this moment. So it happens just about. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. What do you think that means in the original language? It's pretty clear. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, not some things, everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. All we have to do is look at Jesus' life. And Jesus lived this out in front of the people of that day. And now he, we read it out. Now, let me go to the second point before I forget this, and then we'll go to the next one. Thanksgiving is our deliverance from comparison. When you get grateful, you no longer look around and ask God the question, why does Bob have what I want? And you start looking around at the car, the house, the clothes, the friends, the popularity, whatever it might be. And when you begin to look around, you fail to focus and look up and realize that everything that we have today, every moment of this day, is God's grace toward us. Whether I look around, you know, and, and, and being grateful is so critical. I, I had this problem the very first time something really happened to me that was really pretty awesome in my, my books. I'd only been born again. Well, I've been born again a while, but I had not had this happen before because I grew up in a, a very poor family and, and, you know, you just worked hard and, and uh, you did the best you could. But I began doing something that, that was different and every, I felt I, I immediately became a giver and I, I, just, I just wanted to share whatever I had with others and with God and with the church. So I just, I just became a giver and I began getting promoted and jobs and all those things. It was really freaky to me. And, and, you know, I, I started racing when I was 16. I, was a, I drag raced, and then I raced the roundy rounds. And, and so I, I love fast cars, and I love pretty cars. And, I've, and so I get a call in 1999 from a guy I'd never met. I called my assistant and said, you know, I want to get past her a car. And, and uh, I'll never forget it. I, I didn't know him, and I met him at a restaurant. I, I said, what's he look like? She said, well, he'll meet you at Chili's, which used to be right over here. And said, uh, you know, here's what he looks like. So I, that was long before Facebook and all that was a part of my life. I guess it was my space, my face, or something back then. Anyway, so uh, when he walked in, he asked, I asked him the question because I don't want to owe anybody anything, and I, I want to make sure that everything I have is God's. And he sat down, and he said, you know, I want to. I I <laughs> he looked at me, and he said, look, I don't really care. He said, I just got to get God off my back. And I said, well, the reason I asked that question is everything that I own belongs to God. And I said, if you give me a car today, and I thought it's probably going to be some kind of junker, you know, somebody's wanting to get rid of it, and it's easier to give it to a pastor and feel good about yourself. Anyway, so I said, you know, if, if you give it to me today, whatever it is, I have to be able to give it away tomorrow. I said, if God tells me to give it away, I'll give it away, because I started giving cars away before this. And, and so uh, I'll never forget, he said, well, what, what do you want? I told him what I wanted, and his exact words were to me. He said, I've already bought that vehicle, and it's sitting in my driveway with 100 miles on it right now. Now, that got my attention. And then he said, can you wait a week? He owned all this accessory stuff, and he tricked this thing out. 
so much that when I picked it up, I felt guilty. This thought, how do I explain this? The church was five years old. I said, how do I explain the pastor driving this to the people? Because, you know, people get funny about pastors being blessed. And uh, some people, not y'all. And I'm just old enough to not care anymore. But anyway, at that time, I was young enough to go, this could be trouble. And rather than being thankful in that moment, I began to look around at everybody else and I began to plan a response to the criticism I would receive. And I was in prayer and God spoke these words to my heart. And whether you believe God speaks or not, maybe it's crazy people like me that believe about what people think than what I think. Now, you can try to have a conversation with God if you want and tell him that's not true. Let me know how that works for you. Because when God says, you care more about what people think than what I think, I think God's right. And I knew he was. And I said, God, forgive me. And I began to be thankful for this gift. And, and I, it took me a while because I was comparing with what everybody else would say or think. And, and I, I got over that real quick. Because I realized if God is going to bless you, it always comes with persecution and a price. You don't ever expect to have a nice home, a nice car, nice clothes, nothing, but what someone will be critical of you. And now you can, you can lose your gratitude real quickly when you care more about what somebody else thinks, thinks about you and your situation than what God thinks. This is why many people aren't blessed. It's not because they don't want to be and they're not good people. I was one of those. I had restricted God most of my life for fear of other people's opinion. I don't know if any of you have had that issue. I've had it. So I decided I'm going to be thankful in the presence of God. I'm going to enter these gates with thanksgiving. I'm not going to be anxious about anything, but through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, I'm going to make my request known to God. And, and, and that I'm not going to spend my life comparing how it measures up against other people's opinion. It's really tricky. And, and most of the opinions are from immediate family, especially if your kids think they have an inheritance. Now, I'm not discounting that be wonderful. I wasn't one of those who was blessed to have that because my parents didn't have anything. But uh, there are families that I've watched and counseled. My father died and uh, we, we sold his house and estate. You know, my brothers and I went through a, a, a pretty rocky time. I was in the worst time of my life. And they called me and they said, hey, uh, you know, you haven't really been here much. And I wanted to say, really? You're going to go there at the darkest time of my life? But I didn't. I said, I said well, what, what do you want? They said, well, you know, we think that you ought to take less. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, you can have everything that's mine if you can sleep at night. I said, because it ain't much anyway. And I said, I, I'm just not going to let my life be ruled by that. I'm just going to be grateful to God that I'm alive and that I'm well and that I'm going to, to see better days in my latter days. Now, it got, it got resolved. Uh, I still didn't get everything that was mine, but I just decided... 
that it wasn't that important because whatever they might want, God's more than capable of giving me more than that. You see what I'm saying? So my sin nature, had I not been born again, there's no telling what I would have done. And my human nature was challenged in that moment. But as my human nature was challenged, the God nature rose up in me and said, you don't need a thing as long as you're serving me. I got this. And I've got good brothers. It wasn't, it wasn't that they were being evil or anything. It was just a moment of suffering. And when people suffer, they do things they wouldn't ordinarily do, and they say things they wouldn't ordinarily say. And I just decided I was going to let go. And then the last thing is, Thanksgiving is the making of miracles. When you're grateful, it opens the door to God of miracles. He's the same. believe in miracles today. They believe in an age of miracles. We've never served an age of miracles. We serve a God of miracles. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did in the past, he can do today. We can't always explain why things don't turn out the way we would like, but we continue to believe. Now, if we want to model our lives after Jesus, Matthew 15, 36 says, Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, again, He's got simply seven loaves and fish. That's all he's got. But he gives thanks for it. And it says he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left and children. So if you want, it was 4,000 besides women and children. So if you want to do the math, if you say 4,000, you can easily say times three or times four, and then there were still leftovers. Why? Because Jesus began with saying, God, thank you. He didn't say, come on, man, you got to do better than this. <laughs> Look at the multitudes. See, we got, we got 10 to 20,000 people here, and, and I got, I got these, just, just these few loaves and few fishes, and, and what do you Jesus said, God, I thank you that whatever you've given us obviously is going to be enough. Whether or not they just smell the fragrance of bread and you fill them, uh, whatever God you've given us is more than enough. Thank you. When we get grateful, it wipes out pride and greed and all of the things and fear. It addresses all the issues in our lives because we're saying, God, I thank you. This is what Jesus constantly did. If you look at John chapter eleven forty one, so they take him to the tomb of Lazarus and, and they take away the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father... Again, I thank you, you have heard me. Jesus has said nothing up to this point. I thank you that you have heard me. He's thanking his father ahead of time for what he has, has in his heart that God has already heard the desires of his heart. The Bible says if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Jesus obviously had delighted himself in the father. And his desire now was for his precious friend to come back to life. I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. A lot of Christians, I've heard this. I grew up in it, which is why I left the church at a very young age. Christians were beggars, pleading with God, begging God. God does not need to be begged. But we get that from our natural human nature relationships with our family and others that if I beg or plead, I might get my way. But if you really 
have kids and I have a free followed enough to share wants to do more for his children than they can even ask of him. Now, whether or not we have the capacity to do that, we want to. Guess what? God not only has the capacity, but he has all available to him. When we go to God, my, not one of my kids has ever asked me for a meal. Of course, they're all grown now, thank God. They, they would walk to the refrigerator. They didn't ask me if they could have anything in there. Matter of fact, they sometimes would eat what I'd preserve for me. Any of you ever had that happen? Where was that piece of chocolate cake? And you look over and they got it all over their face. They didn't ask me. They just knew that they were my kid and whatever was mine was theirs. God knows you're his kid. He's made everything in the world available to us. You say, why don't I have it? You'll have what you need when you need it. But be thankful ahead of time that God already knows what you need. And he's already making a way. Let's be thankful. Let's take this month not just to modify our behavior toward others and toward God, but to transform our hearts into seeing that what we're going through right now is a step toward something better. Can I say, Nikita and I have been friends for 20-some years. She's been just one of the greatest parishioners you could hope for and incredible job her story is phenomenal and uh she just kept getting raises and raises and about two weeks ago the company restructured and there wasn't a place for her any longer now i watched her face because i've known her a long time i remember when she was making forty thousand dollars a year and she smiled and she says you know here are all the things i can do now never lost a smile, never lost a step. Just, I'm thankful that God has something bigger and better. And you say, well, that's just silly. No, it's, I am so thankful you've got this. You've got this. And the devil is confused when you go, God, thank you. That, this new job is phenomenal. Now, your neighbors are going to think you're cray-cray. But you didn't like them anyway, and you wanted them to move. So anyway, <laughs> be thankful. Say, what what happened? I'm I'm moving on up. Me and George Jefferson. (laughs) Folks, I'm just telling you, our joy, our peace, our strength, our lives are connected to our ability to thank God in all circumstances. And be happy. Don't let anybody control your peace or your joy. People will do things to you and you will do things to people. And life goes on and the wheels on the bus go round and round. And we can be thankful. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you ahead of time for all the great and wonderful things that you have in store for us. Many people watching right now are going through a tough time not minimizing that, not trying to make light of it. But I want to uh, address our sin nature that wants to bury us and keep us in the dark. And I want to say thank you, God, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. You're with us always. That we can speak to our mountains and tell them to move from here to there and they'll move. That's my prayer today, God, as I thank you ahead of time for moving the mountains that have stood between these wonderful people, our lives and our destiny that stood between us.
God, I declare today that the best is yet to come. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we never like to close out a service without giving people an opportunity to accept Christ. Someone ask all of you here to pray with me and those of you watching online, pray this prayer with me for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin and I declare I am a child of God. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.